Back in the 1970s, an educational theorist at Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland, Ohio, developed what he called the Experiential Learning Model, ELM. His name, David A. Kolb. The Experiential Learning Model is a theory of how we learn through experience. Kolb defines this as the process whereby knowledge is gained through the transformation of experience. Kolb's ELM, Experiential Learning Model, is composed of four elements, which he says are the essence of learning. These these four elements are this. Concrete experience. Learners must involve themselves fully, openly, and without bias in new experiences. Then, reflective observation. That's reflecting on those experiences from many perspectives. And then on to create abstract concepts based on those reflections and build them into logical sound theories. And then finally, active testing and experimentation of those new concepts, making the decisions using these new concepts and solving problems. Now, doesn't that sound a lot like a motorcycle trip? Long or short, we experience all kinds of things as we ride. We meet people, we see new surroundings, we have riding experiences, and then we reflect on those to sort of better understand what happened and see what we can draw out of them. And we come up with new ideas or logical sound theories. And of course, the active testing and experimentation of those are when we head out the next time and we use those or we even use them in our everyday life. That's why when we hear about someone's adventure here on Adventure Rider Radio and the lessons they've learned through that adventure, we too learn from taking those lessons and then heading out on our own adventures, on our own motorcycles for some experiential learning. And sort of the process builds on itself. You're standing on the shoulders of those who've gone before you. This is the last episode for 2021. It's our final show of the year. It's also the end of the year, obviously. And the end of the year is sort of a traditional time for people to reflect on what they did over the past 12 months. And then for some, project what's possible in the next 12 or or maybe even more. So on this episode, we have some moments of reflection and lessons learned that riders have shared with us over this past year of 2021. Nuggets of wisdom or insights gained from those real-life experiences all with the motorcycle as the catalyst. I'm Jim Martin. This is Adventure Rider Radio. Stay with us. We got a good one for you. I'm Sam Manikin. Ted Simon. Austin Vance. Simon Pavey. Bill Bragu. Helga Pedersen. Jocelyn Snow. Charlie Borman. Simon Thomas. Lisa Thomas. Grant Johnson. Jimmy Lewis. Sean Thomas. And this is Adventure Rider Radio. It's wind pressure that powers the MotoBreeze chain oiler. No electrical or vacuum connections. It delivers the oil to a felt pad on your swing arm. No nozzles near your sprockets. One ounce of oil gets 1,000 miles or 1,600 kilometers. Get more miles from your chain and sprockets. MotoBreeze.com. And Green Chili Adventure Gear offers American-made heavy-duty luggage systems for all types of motorcycles. You can turn any dry bag into luggage using their strapping system. And, of course, Green Chili Adventure Gear is tested in extreme weather and terrain to withstand the abuse that adventure riding gives it. Tough, reliable gear. GreenChiliADV.com. Best Rest Products is the maker of the Cycle Pump, the best tire inflator for motorcyclists. It'll inflate your flat tire in less than three minutes. Made in the USA. Comes with a lifetime warranty. They also distribute Google Tech filters. CyclePump.com. So when I think of David A. Kolb and his experiential learning model, I can't help but identify the motorcycle as the perfect catalyst for experiential learning. I mean, think about it. When you ride, you experience new things all the time. In the ride, the places you go, the people you meet, the things that happen to you riding a motorcycle. 
And just like Cold talks about in his ELM, you have a concrete experience. Then you have time for reflective observation. You create abstract concepts and build those into sound logical theories. And then you go on to test those in everyday life. And the motorcycle seems to just offer so many advantages to experiential learning. There's a um, simplification of purpose. You're, you're riding a bike. I mean, it's just you and a motorcycle, two wheels going down the road. We all understand that incredible feeling that you get. There's the oneness to it. You're alone inside your helmet with time to think, maybe even think and, and reflect in real time as things are happening. And it's also interesting to hear what other riders have experienced and the conclusions they've come to through their experiential learning process, even if they don't identify it as that. So to wrap things up, like I said, for 2021, we pulled some meaningful comments from riders that have been on our show over this past 12 months. And hopefully some of these comments will stimulate thought as we get ready to uh, usher in a new year full of possibilities and hopefully plenty of ride time. So this is from the episode called Travel for the Sake of Travel, Going the Wrong Way, Chris Donaldson. Chris Donaldson was brought up in during a, a time of what was called the Troubles in Northern Ireland. And for years, he looked forward to escaping his conflicted homeland. There was a lot of bombing and things going on there. And he was planning on getting on his motorcycle and riding with his goal being to ride to Australia. But um, when he finally did leave, not long after he set out, he hits a roadblock, which often happens with travel. Plans change. He ended up riding his Motoguzzi into places he never thought he would go. And he never arrived where he'd planned to go, which was Australia. But that was just fine by Chris. Here, you're going to hear him talk about learning from his trip, not to take no for an answer, and, and how that sort of played out in his life afterwards. At this point now, in, in hindsight, living the years that you have since then, which has been quite a while, what that you uh, learned on that trip or in the ways that it changed you has affected your life as you move forward? I think it gave me a determination and a realization that, uh, it's a bit of an old hand saying, but you can sort of do what you want if you try hard enough. Um, and I did come up against a lot of obstacles, a lot of closed borders, a lot of routes that you sh I shouldn't have been able to cross, but I did. And it made me realize that, you know, different situations, if you try hard enough, if, if you don't accept no for an answer, uh, you can battle through. I had an experience um, 10 years ago when the credit crunch happened at the, the local bank, the RBS, took all my properties off me and basically made me bankrupt um, for no fault of my own, just they were able to, to do it because of the paperwork. Um, I refused to accept that they were going to do that. I learned enough about law to self-litigate and I got all the properties back again. Oh, wow. Um, so you, oh, that's a, that's a it, David and Goliath story. It does seem totally, you think, well, why am I talking about that when we're talking about motorbikes? But it was the lessons I learned on the motorbike, which would have given me the strength and the determination to go on and succeed. So there definitely were life lessons to be learned. Mm. 
This one is from the episode Realities of Motorcycle Life, Lisa and Simon Thomas. Now, Lisa and Simon Thomas are from the UK. They've been on the road for over 18 years, I think, traveling all around by motorcycle. And uh, their passion has changed through the years. They first planned to go on a, a short or shorter trip. Then they ended up staying on the road. And years later, it's become their livelihood. They now speak at events. They're professional photographers and authors. And they have had their share of setbacks on the road, some really big ones. And we've had them on the show to talk about that. Uh, or... Are they setbacks or are they experiential learning? Maybe they're both. Either way, Lisa and Simon have a lot of experiences to share. To get the essence out of travel that you guys have experienced in 16 to 17 years on the road, to get something like that, do they need to do that? Can you get that on a on a short adventure or is it just unattainable? I mean, that that's the sort of no, question you can go, I think I'm putting can, there. You can, go and, you can go and do it. You could, you could do it by going to the town next door and simply going into a bar or going into um, a nature reserve that you've not been to before. And basically, any time you put yourself into a new situation, uh, be, it, be it professionally, be it geographically, you're going to learn something. It's going it's gonna, it's gonna to be part of who you are. You don't have to go to extremes to, to really learn and enjoy an experience yeah i think the important thing here is that simon and i we did do it in stages we, we didn't just go we're going on a long trip now bye we had traveled fairly frequently and uh for quite a few months at a time prior to thinking about a longer term travel i.e this first 16 months that's what it was going to be um and so we we knew that it was something that we enjoyed, that we loved, that we wanted a little bit more f- from. Um, we we didn't plan a massive. I'm going around the world right now. Um, there had been a lot of thought prior to it. Um, but we both thrive. We both thrive on testing ourselves and mm-hmm. and learning, learning new things. That's the thrill of it. I think some of the things we've learned along the way from others is that that the people meet us and go, I, I want to do what you do. Uh, and they always see the, 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 the glamorous side of things. And uh, first off, you have to realize there's some st- tough stuff that's going to happen. And you may not, you may not want that. You may not realize that that's going to happen. You have to imagine that, yep, there's going to be some bad things that will happen. Um, and also, we're very lucky in that we travel together Wherever we are is where our home is. So there's no, for either because of us. The other one of us is yeah, there. there. There's no hankering. There's no, there's no loneliness. Of course, you miss, you miss mm. good friends and family. That's a good point. Um, but we still have each other. So we can sit and talk and, and we are very. And rationalize and celebrate the day mm. or commiserate it if it's been a bad one. Whereas if you're planning and you're going to travel on your own, you have to. You have to be aware that you are going to be totally and utterly on your own for for sometimes many weeks. You might not speak the language. You or might not be gonna, able to interact. Or properly. that you're going to meet great people, make great friends, and have to leave them. Have to leave them. Yeah. And that, I mean, traveling solo like that, I think that is it, it, it's, it's very it, it mm. offers a different set of challenges. Mm. But going back to the original question, um, I think I think the most important thing is decide decide before you go on a on a trip, whether it's a week or a year, what you want out of it. Why are why are you going? Is it just to take photographs? Is because 
you need to press a personal or professional reset button? Are you looking to challenge yourself? Are you looking just to relax and get away from things? Are you looking to learn about something or is new? there a particular area that you've always wanted to to go to uh, rather than just I'm just going to meander around a bit? Choose to do something on purpose because there's something that you want from the journey. And that can be as vague as personal growth or as specific as, um, I'm looking to, I'm looking to help less fortunate people do some charity work all in a language. But choose before you go, have some expectations, but make them realistic. Harold was not a motorcyclist. In fact, he wasn't a rider. And furthermore, he didn't have any idea that traveling by motorcycle was even a a thing. And maybe that's why he didn't ask any questions. He had an idea for an adventure, a passion to explore, yet he didn't do any of the motorcycle-centric planning that most everyone does. In fact, Harold Serrano broke about every rule in the book of motorcycle travel preparation. He lacked just about everything. No motorcycle license, no motorcycle, no riding experience, no mechanical ability to fix the bike, a flat tire or anything, not even the proper clothing. But in the end, his passion won out. And for all the hardships that he experienced due to his, his lack of preparation or anything else, Harold returned a changed person, no longer satisfied accepting what life offered him, but instead, with fewer fears and more drive, he goes out and he chases down what he wants in life. I hope that they would understand that, to be honest, there's nothing distinguishing me from them. People would always say, I wish I could ride a motorcycle. Plot twist, I didn't ever had a license. I learned <laughs> on the road. So I always try to like shut down any excuses because, you know, that's always the main obstacle. Oh, I wish I could ride a motorcycle. People would say a lot. People traveling hostels. Listen, I don't have a license. I learned as I went. You know, obviously it's different for everybody, the risk you want to take, but you know, don't think that, oh, I'm so much better than you know. I had the exact same knowledge or just, we're all afraid. It's just, just go take the walk. Even if you don't want to run, walk, take a baby step and those baby steps add up. Now, since we had Harold on the show, he's published a book about this adventure. So be sure to check our show notes for a link to Harold so you can have a look at that book. This one's from the episode uh, Cure the Wanderlust, Jeff Keys. Jeff had ambitions to travel the world for a long time before he actually hit the road. He was further inspired as the years went by with the adventure travel books he came across and the moto documentaries. He finally decided to follow his dream, travel the world by motorcycle. And as Jeff shared with us, his, his reason for traveling was, he said, simply to scratch an itch, to cure the wanderlust and to see what's out there and, and meet people that he shares the planet with. So with a pure attitude, leaving all inhibitions behind, now you'll note that fits perfectly into the segments for experiential learning, Jeff hit the road on his motorcycle and he faced some challenges, including one point where he makes headlines for being lost for two days in the Australian outback. Now, um, here, Jeff is giving us some advice for would-be travelers about personal health, what a worthy adventure is, and pushing your own limits. What do you have for, for the person that's considering trips, thinking about trips? What advice would you give? Well, I've been interviewed a, f- uh, a few times in India and everyone in India wants to make a video logging you know, a vlog. So I've done a couple of those. And my advice to those guys is always, because they're mostly young looking at it, I say to them, if you're thinking of going traveling when you get to my kind of age, 
Number one thing, look after your health. I'm, I'm fortunate, I'm genetically fortunate, I think. I don't have any heart problems, I'm slim, um, so I've got, I've got good health. And, and that, to me, I feel that helps a lot. It's, it's one less burden to, to have to deal with. Um, and the other thing I'd say is, is you don't have to wait for the big adventure. I mean, every trip you make to somewhere you've never been is an adventure. So just go out, you know, if you can get a long weekend, go and ride your bike somewhere you'd never been before. And, and in the UK, of course, you can, you can go into Europe a little less easily now since, since the appalling Brexit. But, um, you know, you can still take your bike across the channel, explore a bit of France or wherever. Just get out there and do something. Don't wait. Go and do it as soon as you can, even if it's just small trips. And what about when it comes to pushing the limit? Because you mentioned that pushing the limit is really where the adventure is. It depends on your limit. So just think about what your limit is. Just look at look at some things people other people have done. Look at some things you feel like doing yourself. Look at some places that you think will be a bit challenging. I mean, I guess for a European rider, going to Russia is a bit of a challenge. It's 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 a slight physical challenge, it's not a big one, but it's a bit of a mental challenge because Russia is other, you know, it's it's somewhere else that used to be the enemy. And to anyone of, of, sort of middle, middle, sort of 40s or whatever onwards, Russia used to be the the enemy. So going there would feel very different. Um, even going into Eastern Europe would feel different to many uh, Europeans. So... Um, just just look at what you think is going to be different for you, a bit of a challenge, and take it on. And then I think the the level of the challenge you're prepared to accept will will rise every time you succeed in one challenge, then the next challenge is a, a bit more challenging. That's an excerpt from the episode Cure the Wanderlust, Jeff Keys. We're going to take just a short break while I tell you about a couple of things, but when we come back, we're going to jump right in with the godfather of long-distance motorcycling, Ted Simon. Stay with us. You already know what cold feet feel like, and you probably also know that once they're cold, they're almost impossible to get warm again. But what you may not know is that Pearly's Possum Socks are the cure for cold feet. Pearly's uses a special blend of merino wool and possum fur knitted together into a fine shape that's designed specifically for motorcycling. They are the official sock of Adventure Rider Radio, not because of the ads. They get the ads anyway. I made them the official sock because I was so blown away by how good they are, how well they perform for me. So I gave them that title. Grab a pair for yourself and stave off those cold feet. Pearly'sPossumSocks.com is the website. Anytime you're dealing with them, throw in there that you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. Pearly'sPossumSocks.com. If you're serious about riding, then you have to have serious foot pegs because foot pegs are your connection to control your bike. Tools for serious riders. IMS Products has a full set of adventure motorcycle foot pegs ranging from their extra large, ultra wide ADV1 and ADV2 pegs on down to their core series. Each peg is designed specifically for a purpose. Drop by their website, imsproducts.com, and let them know you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. And then get the added leverage, comfort, and control through the IMS foot pegs. It'll take your skill to the next level. imsproducts.com. 
RoadDogPub.com is your gateway to motorcycle adventure travel books. Road Dog Pub is a publisher of a slew of motorcycle travel books. They've got new books coming out all the time. So you should bookmark that website, RoadDogPub.com. The publisher, Mike Fitterling, has his own blog on the website. You can check out there if you want some free reading. He's also got some titles that are under his name through Road Dog Pub. Road Dog Pub books are available at all fine bookstores, but you can deal direct with the publisher by going to their website, RoadDogPub.com. And anytime you're dealing with them, throw in there that you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio, RoadDogPub.com. Earlier this year, we had Ted Simon on. It was coming up on his birthday from the episode, Ted Simon, 90 and still riding. Now, Ted's been a motorcycle mentor for riders and adventurers for, well, for decades, Countless times we've heard people on this show say that the book Jupiter's Travels, Ted's book, inspired them to hit the road. Now, Ted, who's been called the godfather of long-distance adventure motorcycling or long-distance motorcycle travel, was a a journalist when he started out, and he wanted to see more of the world. He's actually inspired um, by something he was watching on, on television. He decided to get out there and see if things were really true, if the world was what it looked like on TV. And the most economical way to do it was with a motorcycle. So he rode his motorcycle around the globe in the, in the 70s, the early 70s, writing about his adventures. And he, he wrote uh, for a newspaper back in the UK and was sort of filing those reports from the road. And that's probably the closest back then that you could ever get to real-time sharing, you know, back in the day. But when he returned home, he wrote Jupiter's Travels, which became a bestseller. And it has remained a bestseller since it was first published in 1979. Then in 2001, when he was 70 years old, he did the route again around the world by motorcycle. And this past year, he turned 90. That's why we had him on the show. At 90 years old, Ted's still riding his motorcycle. He's still riding, and he's still able to teach us something about life. It's interesting that you mentioned that the only regrets you have is really just the places that you didn't visit. There's there's nothing else. I mean, you know, That's, with so many people worry about different things with going on a trip. And in particular, it's equipment. Everyone seems to worry about equipment. And and often you'll ask somebody if they, you know, well, what do they regret about the trip? Oh, I wish I had a, I wish I had taken knobby tires. I wish I had taken hard panniers. You know, you get those those sorts of thought processes uh, with it. Yeah, yes. I, I don't have any of those regrets at all. I mean, there was very little equipment available when I went. People weren't doing it. Uh, my bike was just an ordinary road bike. Um, I, th- I think most of that is nonsense, and a lot of it is just market-driven. And people get uh, conv- become convinced that that they can't do anything without the right equipment and so on. That's all rubbish. Yeah, I, I met people on the road who were doing things on, on vehicles that shouldn't shouldn't really have been able to stand up even, let alone ride anywhere. It's just uh, <laughs> it, it's just what you want to do you, you, and, and you, you do it with what you've got. Uh, really, that's the truth of the matter. Mm. Yeah, it seems like everything's like that nowadays. I mean, whether you're into skiing or running or hiking, you know, everybody is is gearing up. That's it. Seems to be a big part of it, and I'm sure it is market driven. I'm afraid so. I'm afraid so. I mean, I, it, it's uh, obviously I can see that. I can see the point. Or I don't think about it very much, but I can see the point of some people wanting to shave a few seconds off a record, or um, you know. The, getting shoes that will make them bounce a millimeter higher than they could before or something like that. I mean, if it's a question of records of athletic prowess and so on, that's that's a, a different matter. But when it's a question of just 
uh, making a journey, get, getting getting out there into the world. It, you know, it's uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your stuff is. You find a way to deal, it. and and it's dealing with dealing with the problems that that arise that make the journey interesting. That's what it's all about. That excerpt was from the episode called Ted Simon, 90 and Still Riding. Richard Giorgio likes to pack up his bike sparsely and then romantically ride off into the sunset with only some basic information about where he's going and what to expect when he gets there. He lets the adventure unfold around him, often shooting from the hip. Now, it's not always comfortable, but he says that's the way he likes to ride. Sometimes it does get him in trouble, like the time uh, when he was lost on his motorcycle and he spotted a roadblock ahead. He's in a different country. Armed men stood blocking his route, ready to force him to stop, and then who knows what. Unable to figure out what was going on, Richard decided to use his backup plan, which had never been tested. Now, this is serious experiential learning. His plan? Well, to hunker down behind his windshield, crack the throttle, and aim directly at the armed men. Let's just say adventure has a way of finding Richard Giorgio. And to be fair, Richard doesn't make himself hard to find. What he's talking about here is what he learned through his experiences about the human race. I'm a, I'm a little guy on a big bike. People always want to help me. You know, if I drop my bike, I never have to pick it up because someone's around to pick it up for me, you know. And if, <laughs> um, you know, if I wobble around a, a junction somewhere, people stop and they wave me on. The human race is a wonderful thing. You know, the world is full of wonder, wonderful people. And, uh, and that's my experience of the human race, you know. And especially when you're in trouble, people come in and help you. And, you know, you know, as a, as a little guy with fuzzy hair, that's what happens. And, uh, and it's nice. And I just, I, I suppose I've never really, apart from one instance I won't go into, but I've never really experienced anyone being downright nasty. So, you know, I just assumed that it would all be okay. That was an excerpt from How Dare They Shoot at Me, Riding by the Seat of My Pants, Richard Giorgio. The link will be in the show notes, of course. This summer, in two trips, brothers Jared and Heath Anderson rode the Great River Road. That's a route that follows the course of the Mississippi River all the way from northern Minnesota down to the Gulf of Mexico. Now, Heath says the brothers have very different approaches to things, and, and that's kind of what made the trip even better. While Jared is a details guy having to have all his ducks in a row, Heath is more of a jump in, screw it up, and jump in again until he gets a right guy. <laughs> so they, they set out on this trip with a purpose, to experience the Mississippian cultures. And, and you can just hear in that, uh, sort of that connection to that experiential learning thing that I was talking about earlier. This is Heath speaking about simplifying life and making your world smaller. Jared, you had talked about, we were talking after the trip, and you had talked about the idea of in certain situations, it's good to just sort of make your world small. And, you know, when we're on the motorcycle trip, we're, we're worried about gas, we're worried about food, we're worried about lodging. And, and so in some ways, we did make our world very small. Mm-hmm. But, but kind of the flip side of that was maybe because my world was small, I was able to imagine big. You know, I, I, I didn't have to think about 
some of the other things that are normally in my daily life that occupy time and space. I was able to think about the ancient cultures, about um, barbecue sauces and Memphis versus St. Louis, whatever it was. Um, and I think that that smallness of the world that helps you think big um, meant something to me. You can find joy in almost anything if you're, you know, want to adjust your perspective. So, well, well, my take on that, Jared, is that like I, I, th- I think about this a fair bit now with the way the world is nowadays, how interconnected we are with the internet, and how we see, you know, news about from some tiny village in some place that we've never heard of before, and yet we get the news anyway. So we're sort of bombarded on a daily basis, mm. and a lot of it negativity it can become overwhelming. It can, it can even taint the way you, you see things and the way you feel about your, your place in the world. So, I mean, I, I sort of relate to what you're saying about making the world small, you know, I mean, and maybe that's something that, maybe that's part of the love of motorcycles that we all have is that in a way we're doing that each time we get on our bike. We, um, you know, Heath, you, you mentioned about, you know, making life simpler. And, and I think that's very true. A lot of people relate to that on trips. You make your life simple because it becomes about you and your motorcycle. And where are you going to go today? You know, what, what am I going to accomplish on my bike today? And it is very simple. And I agree. And I, you know, and sometimes when I think about it, it's not a valid motorcycle trip unless you're, you know, um, circling the continent of Africa or something. But the reality is, I think most people can stay very close to home and find amazing things if you just are willing to, you know, look deeper in this in the smaller area that you have. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. And I mean, I think a lot of people are going to be doing that. And, and really the reality is there are a small group of people that manage to travel the world for these extended periods of time. And, and that's great. And even they don't mostly, most of them don't do it forever. You know, they do it for a stint mm-hmm. and, and that's what you hear about. And that's great. If you can do that, that's great. If it's what you want to do, but that's not the reality for most people. Most people are doing shorter trips like this. And, and it's amazing how much you can get from 11 days 3,400 miles. It's a, it's incredible how much you can get from that. And you haven't traveled the world. No. And I would say that if we had stayed on interstate highways and, you know, just eaten at, uh, you know, um, chain restaurants, we wouldn't have gotten much out of the trip. But I think by going a bit deeper um, off of that main is where you really see the people and get the trip. That was an excerpt from the episode Riding the Great River Road, Jared Anderson and Heath Anderson. Kelvin and Susie Previtt are all about slow travel. They spent a couple of years riding around South America on some DR650s very, very slowly. And what they're talking about here is they're talking about taking advice from others take on board what everybody else says and then just do your own thing, you know, try it, see how you get on and just do your own trip, you know. Yeah. Be true to yourself kind of thing. Don't, mm. don't, don't ride somebody else's ride. Mm. Yeah. Cause it's so many people we've, we've, you know, it's all, we've all got different perspectives and different opinions, but you kind of have to just, get there and sort of see what feels right for you. Yeah. So. People have said that, that and, and I wholeheartedly believe it, it's... And just that, go. <laughs> the hardest thing is just going. Yeah. It's getting over that sort of... Yeah. 
what if if this happens, if that happens, you know, things yeah. could happen. Because we did that for quite a while, didn't yeah, we? Just, just we, just, we were like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll do it next year or we'll do it in two years' time or we'll, you know, we just need to work out, you know, how we're going to do it, where we're going to... And then it took for somebody to actually say, so when are you going? <laughs> right. so, and a little bit like, of alcohol right. as well. Yeah. Yes. Well, right. Only a wee yeah. bit. Right. Yeah. We sound like, a, yeah, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> and that, uh, that was enough to push you over to buying your tickets. And of course, I mean, you know, it's, it's with everything, isn't it, in life? It's, it's often good to make that public declaration that sort of pushes you to do yeah. something that maybe is out of your comfort zone, um, yeah. which all this stuff is for us until we do it. Mm. Yeah. And that's an excerpt from the episode, Life is an Adventure, Kelvin and Susie Previtt. For Keith Fucher, his uh, adventure by motorcycle started out when he spotted a photo in a glossy magazine. That was his inspiration to get out and ride the Sahara. He didn't own a motorcycle at the time. He wasn't a motorcyclist. He had no experience. He had no license, neither of the people that were going to ride with him. And on top of all that, he would turn 70 years old while doing this trip. Here he's talking about getting older and how for him, it doesn't mean winding down, but speeding up. You talked about change, how, you know, each, each of these decades when you're, when you're tackling something, there's certain change comes over you from doing this that you experience. What sort of change did you get from this? Um, I felt a sense of release. I felt I had, here's a phrase that when you get to your 70s, when you go and see your doctor, he'll tell you that you've now entered the valley of death, if he's honest. Okay? Mm -hmm. So people, when they have decade birthdays, tend to see these sort of, you know, flags on the way. Oh, 40, midlife crisis. I'm going to live less than I've already lived. Wow, better get on better buy that Ferrari, get the new girlfriend quickly. Um, all of that sort of stuff. When you get to your 70s, you know, you're so far beyond a midlife crisis. You think, God, have I got the energy to have a crisis? So there is this flag at the 70s. There's a flag at the 60s. And also when you get to the 70s, you stop thinking in terms of a decade. That's too long. You better think in terms of a five-year plan. The Chinese have got that right. Let's have a five-year plan. So you just got to up your game. Um, and therefore the release for me was an actual realization that I should just unburden myself. I should get rid of a lot of stuff, lighten up and really go for it. Seriously go for a very adventurous time. You know, come hell or high water. What do you have to lose at 70? Really? You know, you are living for yourself, but you're living for the people who love you, but they want you to be forever 21 or 30. Um, and that's not the way it's going to work. So I think you simply have to, you have an obligation to push harder and to live with verve and style and energy whilst your health permits you. And if your health gets in the way, then you have to deal with that, with that as a separate issue. But my view is, is the harder and fitter you stay, and maybe you can hold it all together for longer. So there is absolutely no reason at 70 to do anything that a 30-year-old, well, there are some things you can't do, but, you know, so you just push on and you give it your best. And I believe that you can do all of those things. 
is an excerpt from the episode, This is Totally Absurd, Keith Fucher. Now, um, that link and, of course, all the links will be in the show notes for this episode. There's some food for thought for us. That was Chris Donaldson, Simon Elisa Thomas, Harold Serrano, Ted Simon, Jeff Keyes, Richard Giorgio, Jared Anderson, Heath Anderson, Calvin Previtt, Susie Previtt, and Keith Fucher. In the show notes for this episode are links to all of the episodes that you heard excerpts from, so you can go back and listen to any of them that you want to, or all of them if you want to. Everything is in the show notes on our website, adventureriderradio.com, with all of our episodes. Each episode has its own page with additional information and links and anything to go along with it. So adventureriderradio.com and look through the past episodes. They're broken down into years. You can even search using the search field on the right-hand side. Just find the episode you want to listen to and click. There are the show notes. I just want to remind you that this episode has been brought to you by Green Chili Adventure Gear, greenchiliadv.com, Motobreeze Chain Oiler at motobreeze.com, and Best Rest Products at cyclepump.com. And we'd really appreciate it anytime you're dealing with these companies, anytime, email or otherwise, let them know you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. up another episode of Adventure Rider Radio and we sure hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we did making it. Special thanks to our producer Elizabeth Martin and to you the listener. Thank you very much for being a part of this. Well, as I said, this is our final episode for 2021. Next week, we're into a brand new year with new plans and aspirations for motorcycle riding and trips that we will all have. Thanks so much for being a part of Adventure Rider Radio and RAW. And uh, we wish you all the best for the coming year. Get out there and ride your bike if you can. I'm Jim Martin, and I will talk to you next year. This is Charlie Borman, and you're listening to Adventure Rider Radio. (laughs) 